and the end of the end of the road with the Aries, 100 letters. We've come to ni letter 98. Did you read the Master's? Did you understand the Master's poem? Mm, I think a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, what did you understand? <laughs> uh, it's classical, basically, dear. That's it's explained in this. It's classical. <laughs> Classic mysticism. We are going to read promises and threats of, in the name of the God, of the most of the compassionate, and, Mer and Seraphud and Maneri, the hundred letters, the Sufi master of Bihar. says, Brother Samsudan, for the body of Orthodox Muslims, uh, this is like Orthodox Muslims, there is an agreement that unmitigated threats are meant for infidels while boundless promises are for those who perform good works. Hmm. This, I don't know if this covers orthodox, uh, orthodoxy. Hmm. If one of the faithful is a sinner, he does not become an infidel until he comes under the banner of the unmitigated threat of God. Neither does a person become given over completely to good works until he is caught up in the boundless promises of God. <clears throat> Otherwise, within himself, some opposition would remain. The mustazolites, mutazolites, that's a type of... Uh, Muslim sect say that such a person belongs to the group that is under the divine threat. If he were to quit this world in the state of sin, he would remain eternally in hell. The religion of the Orthodox, however, is that there is a suspension for him. Hence, it is not a question of boundless promise or unmitigated threat. The command concerning him is connected with the will of God. If God so wishes, he can forgive him. That would be a sign of his grace. Or if he wishes, he could punish him. This would be a sign of his justice. In no way at all could one of the faithful be said to... A sign of what? His justice. What's if he punishes somebody. What does that mean? A sign of his justice. He could punish him. What does it mean? Justice. justice, justice. In no way at all could one of the faithful be said to be perpetually in hell, no matter how great a sinner he might have been. In other words, you're not perpetually in hell. You can get out. <laughs> Abdullah, I think that's true in Muslim Islam. You can eventually get out. Abdullah Abbas is accredited with the saying, every believer who dies in a state of sin is treated in one way, one of three ways by God Almighty. He is, he out of his immense mercy may forgive him, or due to the intercession of the prophets, he might forgive him, or according to the measure of the man's sins, he might punish him and then set him free. <clears throat> if you are a sinner, <clears throat> the door of repentance lies open. Repent for the day, door will, shall never be shut. If you approach his this door but once in righteousness, a hundred victories will come rushing forward together. Hmm. It says you can repent. <laughs>
All the followers of tradition are agreed in this manner, namely, if God Almighty so wishes, he can punish the slave for both his serious and trifling sins, or if he wishes, he can forgive a person's slight faults and catch him for his serious sins. <laughs> God can punish you for your slight faults and forgive you for your slight faults and catch you for your serious sins. Or again, if he wishes, he can forgive his serious sins, but catch him for his, for his faults. It is fitting for God to forgive a slave's serious sins, but punish him for his small faults. <laughs> In short, it should be known that no matter how great a person's sins might be, they cannot exceed the mercy of God also. Although... There may be some trifling faults. If he were to exercise his justice, he would not be considered small. They would not be considered small. Thus the wise have said, When he bestows grace, no serious sin remains. And when he exercises his justice, no slight faults at all remain. For they are all changed into serious sins because of his justice, while his grace changes serious sins into trifling ones. The secret of this is given thus. <clears throat> if you bestow your grace, you shall certainly be liberated. But if you exercise your justice, alas, how humbled we shall be. <clears throat> One group said that even though this be true, that is, that every sin a slave considers to be trifling is in fact so, nevertheless it will be considered, become serious. While every sin a slave considers to be serious, even though this be true, it will become trifling. Hence it is that the wise refrain from calling any sin trifling. In short, the orthodox opinion is that all sins can be forgiven except for that of polytheism. <laughs> They forgive everything but polytheism. I guess they really hated polytheism. Hmm. Hmm. It was such a big deal at the beginning of Islam. Huh? God Almighty will not forgive polytheism, but he will forgive any other sin. <laughs> Quran 4, 116. See, they didn't like polytheism. The secret is contained in this. Come back at last, for I have opened the door. I stand ready to forgive you the moment you repent. Just look at the wisdom contained in love's play. Man does his worst, but God displays his mercy. If there were none except those devoted to prayer, there would be no scope for his wisdom to play at love. Without this, the work of wisdom would be incomplete. He cannot help being generous. That is the way he is. <laughs> That's a... Uh, Interesting analysis of the play of God. Let's read that again. The secret is contained in this. Come back at last, for I have opened the door. I stand ready to forgive you the moment you repent. Just look at the wisdom contained in love's play. Man does his worst, but God displays his mercy. If there were none except those devoted to prayer, there would be no scope for his wisdom to play at love. Without this, the work of wisdom would be incomplete. He cannot help being generous. That is the way he is. 
The Almighty, the Lord Almighty, conditionally denied forgiveness for polytheism or infidelity, or the forgiveness of whatever falls short of infidelity is also dependent on the will of God. Serious sins fall short of infidelity, but it is surely true that God's will to forgive extends to all, so that some benefit accrues to a person by clinging to God. Be filled with hope, no matter how poverty-stricken and resourceless you may be, one dear to God has said. If you stand empty-handed in his audience hall, then nothing less than your own nothingness can be thrown before him. Not only the perfection of austerities is cash here. <laughs> Not only the perfection of austerities is cash here. Absolute plenary, too, has purchasing power in this hall. The following is the story of how the revelation of the verse concerning Washi the murderer of Hamsa, the uncle of the prophet, took place. A certain man promised to give a reward to anyone who murdered Hamsa. The man did not keep his promise. Washi said to himself, Although I cannot revive Hamsa, I can at least seek a new lease of life for myself. He sent a certain person to the prophet, saying, I have committed all these terrible crimes. Is there any hope of reconciliation? The reply came. If you come, there is. Again, Washi sent a message to the prophet saying, I want some security. The prophet replied, I am the security. Again, Washi sent a messenger saying, This is your only saying, own saying. You yourself are not included in any command. Security should come from a person who possesses something. Then this verse came, quote, God forgives everything except this infidelity, Quran 4, 1, Again, Washi sent a reply, quote, forgiveness depends on the will of God, but I don't know whether he wants to forgive me or not. I want a better condition than this before I come for reconciliation. Then this verse was revealed, quote, and those people are forgiven who did not worship any other god and have not killed anyone except in the cause of justice and have not been guilty of fornication. <laughs> Quran twenty five sixty eight. Washi sent back this reply, I am guilty of all three crimes. Since they are not forgiven, why should I come? I shall come only if I receive a better request than this. Otherwise, I shall remain right where I am. The reply came, None is get forgiven except the person who repents and believes and does good works. Quran 2570. Again, Washi sent a reply saying, The condition is a very difficult one. I accept that I have faith but cannot offer any security for good works. How can I know whether I am able to do such works or not, I want a better condition than this. The command came, Say, O oh my slaves, you have oppressed your own souls. Do not despair of God's mercy. God Almighty will forgive all sins. He is certainly great in forgiving and showering down his mercy. Quran 39.53 Then Washi came to the Prophet and became a Muslim. 
This is in order that you might know that the crimes of all sinners are no more than a drop in the ocean of his mercy, as has been said. His mercy is like an ocean without limit at his doors. Sins are like a drop of rain. If anyone has experienced this kind of forgiveness, how can any change be a cause of defilement for him? Now realize that when he said, undoubtedly God will forgive him all his sins, the forgiveness of all sins is obviously meant, whether serious or trifling, it is related that the prophet said, quote, certainly God Almighty forgives all sins, small or great, hidden or manifest, Quran 39.53. He also said, he is surely one who forgives and displays great kindness, Quran 12.98. People have said that this is a very reassuring saying. He said, I do not forgive you because you are worth forgiving, but because I myself am forgiving and merciful. In other words, I act in this way because of my own attributes, not because of your worth, the meaning of the first verse he recited. Quote, God forgives every sin except polytheism is given thus. Quote, when you become an infidel or a polytheist, you put a substitute in my place. In friendship, however, there is no provision for any other. Again, if you had committed no polytheism, no substitute would have been given. My, would have taken my place when you ha when you sinned. It is simply bad manners and rashness, and these are but passing conditions where friendship is concerned. In other words, do not put any substitute in my place because I will not pass over that. I will, however, overlook brashness and other excesses. <laughs> He overlooks brashness. Uh -huh. I don't think I like all that. You don't like to hear it? No, I don't, I don't like all that. Just, it's rather lengthy. Anyway. You don't agree with it? No. Hmm. You want me to stop? Uh -huh. How long is this? It goes on. It's a couple pages. One, two, oh, three. It's like three pages. You don't agree? Yeah, I don't agree that God is like that. God is merciful, though. It says he's very merciful. Yeah, but you have still karma. Karma? Yeah, what about that? Well, we'll, we'll see what else he says. Do anything and then ask to repent? That's my problem with the Catholics. They say. We can just go out to the bar, have a drink, and then repent in the church later on. <laughs> Why don't we just sin and then repent? <laughs> Create a vicious cycle of sinning and repenting? <laughs> should we do that, or should we just stop sinning? This point is absolutely fundamental in jurisprudence. When the faith of the error is the same as that of the testator, no cause for disappointment can arise except in the error if the heir murders the testador for the simple reason that the murder means the destruction of the very source itself. The roots of a tree should be in place if branches are to grow from it. Polytheism is nothing short of the uprooting of the root of the faith itself. The root of faith, however, must be in place. If forgiveness is to grow from it, he's just saying that they don't, they don't forgive uh, polytheism because... I understand, but uh, who, who from the Muslims knows who is God? Oh, uh, yeah. Nobody knows what, who is God, 
I understand. I understand. This is tradition. Let's say I'm my husband and I am with you. I know you're my husband. I can forgive everything, but you're but claiming somebody else is your god than me. <laughs> One day at Shibli was going somewhere. He heard a voice counting, saying, counting if they say somebody else, who is the somebody else? If, know, if I don't know who is that. How do you know who it is? Like, who is the somebody else? Maybe the one he's... Uh, uh, it's like all abstraction in front of me. All the gods? God yeah, what if somebody... Then God is another abstraction. What if you worship all the gods because you're afraid you'll miss the right one? Uh -huh. Well, you say all those. <laughs> no you could be a polytheist just because you're afraid you miss the right God. <laughs> all subsets gods. So. Are you saying you worship all the different gods because you're afraid you'll miss the right one? They tell you God is in everything. Yeah, that's like me. I worship all the different religions. I'm like a polytheist, I guess. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid that I'll miss the right one. So I worship like four, three thousand different gods. I guess I'm not gonna be forgiven. Get maybe the right one with all of them. Do you think the Maneri will help me out with this reading? Uh -uh. Maybe I'm doomed as a, as an infidel. I'm reading this as an infidel <laughs> to get the infidel of to see uh, if I read enough uh, Maneri and enough Islamic stuff, am I still an infidel? How many times do I have to read it? Uh, how, how do you define somebody being an infidel? I don't know. I don't know uh, nothing. Sure, it's an old-fashioned word, uh, probably, is somebody. Uh, how the one who says he <laughs> believes uh, and he doesn't know, what does he believe? He doesn't know. I say my head... My mind went, I practiced meditation for a really long time, and my mind is completely blank, and I have no beliefs whatsoever, so I can't be an infidel, right? I could say I have no mind at all. I'm just a <laughs> meditation machine. I don't have any beliefs whatsoever. How could I be an infidel? I believe in nothing. <laughs> I believe in nothingness. I'm a Zen Buddhist that believes in nothingness. They'll say, you're worshiping nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You see, you're... Do I worship nothing? I am an infidel. They say I read too many other religions. One day, Shabli was going somewhere. He heard a voice saying, All your sins have been forgiven except that of turning your face away from me. I also heard this verse from God Almighty. God does not forgive polytheism. But apart from this, he will forgive all other sins to whomever he pleases. I mean, imagine you can kill, you can just do all the crimes and be forgiven. But you see, you mm. just uh, turn uh, your face and you say, oh, I like the Buddhist, Buddhist, uh, yeah. tradition, etc. Dear, and I don't, just, uh, dear, I don't think... Crime. I don't think you you become a, a polytheist because you're a Buddhist. 
He's talking about one God. You believe in one God. You could be a Christian who believes in one God. I don't think that makes you a polytheist. You are a theist. For a Muslim, if you baptize Christian, probably you, you're an infidel. He's not saying that you're an infidel. You're not an infidel. That's like being an atheist or something is. That doesn't make you an infidel. Infidels are really just badly behaved people. They're barbarians, they're violent but people. But he forgives the bad behavior. Huh? He forgives the bad behavior in people. He forgives the ones who commit the biggest crimes. Are you saying he, he shouldn't forgive them? The, mur the murderer guy was forgiven? Why would a murderer be forgiven, not somebody who, uh, uh, let's say, believes in uh, Muhammad and believes in Jesus also, believes in... Uh, uh, I, we don't know that believing in... A polytheist doesn't include everyone uh, that's not a Muslim. He could be a theist. And the murderers ultimately can be forgiven, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have to agree with everything you hear. What he is saying is this. Do not turn your face away from me. Do not put any substitute in my place. Otherwise, uh, anything else can be forgiven, but not this. This group, however, has been overcome by fear. They live in fear. Whatever they say springs from fear. Anyone who observes them will think that they were living under the divine threat. But it is not so. Actually, in the secret recesses of their beings, any sins, even trifling ones, are considered as serious. For holding in contempt any injustice at all is to hold the divine command in little esteem. While considering injustice as an, something serious means that you hold the divine command itself in high esteem, such people are always at war with themselves for the sake of God, but are not themselves at war with God. Advanced Sufis make no deals with their own souls. So, advanced Sufis make no deals with their own souls. How can their souls press forward any claim upon them? For God Almighty Himself is their friend, while their soul is their enemy. They fight their enemy for the sake of their friend. They most certainly do not fight their friend for the sake of their enemy. It is clear that anyone who makes peace with his own soul is in conflict with the Almighty God. It is said that even with all their purity and the persistence of God's claims upon their own souls, and despite all their virtue, still all their hope is in all God Almighty and is directed towards the good fortune of man, while the fear they show concerning their own fate is such that you would think that all the divine threats have fallen, had fallen upon them, and while all God's promises were for people other than themselves. The wise have spoken thus. The fate of a slave becomes really complete when, if any calamity at all descends upon the people, he thinks that it is because of his own lack of generosity. On the other hand, if some goodness appears within him, he thinks that it must be the result of the activity of someone else. Whence <laughs> one of them has said, quote, we are Zoroastrians of old, not Muslims. We have earned a name for infidelity and are a disgrace to the faith. 
When Satan comes to us, he puts a cap on our heads, for we can teach him about making evil suggestions. Quadra Fuzel Iaz was asked on the evening of the vigil at Mount Harafat how he saw the states of men. He replied, They would all be forgiven if I were not in their midst. <laughs> you think that everyone would be, be forgiven if I wasn't amongst them? Huh? They would all be forgiven if I were not in their midst. In other words, I am the worst of all men. Oh, he's the worst guy. Quaja Fasul Iyaz. In other words, I am the worst of all men. If they are not forgiven, it is because of my lack of generosity. It is related that a revelation descended upon Moses, saying, Seek out from among your people the holiest of all the sons of Israel. He chose a certain man who was adorned with austerities and devotion. The command came, Tell him that he is to go in search of the worst of all the sons of Israel. <laughs> he just said, Seek out the holiest guy, and then he said, Tell that guy to find the worst. The man asked for three days' grace. On the fourth day, he bound the rope round his neck, came to Moses, and said, I have brought before you the worst of the sons of Israel. The Moses said, You are the most devoted ascetic from among them all. How could, can you of all people say such a thing? He replied, Because I am certain about my own sins, but in doubt about those of others. And anyone who is certain about his own sins is certainly worse than anyone whose sins are doubtful. A pronouncement appeared. Oh, Moses, this man is really the best of all the sons of Israel, not so much because of his great devotion, but because he considers himself to be the worst of all creatures. <laughs> if you just consider yourself to be the worst... Then you become the best. <laughs> if I say I'm the worst, <laughs> if I'm can, if can be, if I consider myself the worst of all amongst the satsangis, that makes me perhaps the best, right? I'm the best. I'm the worst. Say that. He's the worst. They all think he's the worst already, so. <laughs> I'm like with Kabir in the sense of being the worst. Kwaja Sari Sakati said, I used to look at myself several times a day in the mirror out of fear that my face might have turned black. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you think that my face might turn black? Huh? It's turning black now from all the sun. This has been put thus. If you advance but a hair's breadth in your own estimation, you will find that you are even worse than an idol. If praise or duty make any difference for you, then you are only an idol maker fashioning your own features. Hmm. Oh, brother, it is said that in this world the light of sincerity and the oppression of hypocrisy appear on a person's face. 
As a proof of this, the Lord said, The sign of the prostrations is clearly visible on their foreheads. Do you think that, uh, that the sign of one's meditations is clearly visible upon their foreheads? I'll call it just meditation. Can you tell if someone how much they meditated just on their forehead? How long did I meditate? Who did you like to know? About As proof that? of this, the Lord said, the sign of the prostrations is clearly visible on their foreheads. Quran forty eight twenty nine. The prostrations. How many so, times you so bowed God, down? So God knows. How many times did you bow down in the mosque? God knows. But as long as the beholder is himself blind, he cannot see anything. If, on the other side. What if you don't see how much that you meditated? No, the Lord, the sign, it's automatic. He didn't count them. If there had been no prayer on no the part of the prophet, do you no, see? It's going to be like, oh, your forehead would be like a thousand hours. thousand hours. Uh, well... And then it goes on to say the beholder himself is blind. Then I don't, I'm blind to how many times I meditated. I could meditate and then not know that I did. But as long as the beholder is himself blind, he cannot see anything. If there had been no prayer on the part of the prophet beseeching God to remove all diminution and deformation from among his people, then much ignominy would have made its appearance among them. Hence, the wise have said, Dominiation and deformation appeared in previous communities, but have not done so in that of Muhammad. Also, Kwaja Sarasakwati said, I don't wish to die in a place where the people know me, out of fear that the earth might not receive my body, and that I might thus become infamous. The reason for this doubt about himself was that he considered himself to be the worst of men. Otherwise, he would not have thought of himself that way. This is what happened to earlier peoples, but God has preserved this one from such a disgrace. The seeker of this has been put thus, out of the pain of faith. All those long on the way have dyed their beards with the blood of their hearts. Because of this difficulty, all men of real faith have livers that are parched and hearts that have been roasted. What's it mean for your heart to have been roasted? O brother, become nothing in the world of his being, for being is his property. All you can lay claim to is non-existence. We can lay claim to non-existence. Do you claim non-existence? You, all you can claim to is non-existence. Finally, you must have heard what exists between the two nothings is itself nothing. Oh my God. What exists between two nothings is itself nothing. Cancel the entry of your own existence from the book of destiny so that one day you might see the very face of being itself. It has been put thus. Cease to be, really, that is all your work consists of. Lose yourself, union is nothing other than that. 
Now he's going into this thing of we're getting beyond whether you're sinning or not and what you believe in. And he says, just cease to be. We're getting into mysticism. If a moth had even the slightest touch of self-concern, it would never fling itself upon the fire the way it does. Every lover in this world yearns to be consumed like a moth or like a madman. But not a one, not, but not a one follows their example. When lovers remain crowding around your door, the reason is that none has found a road leading to you. Hmm. Intellects are lost in astonishment at his glory. The minds of men grow giddy at his beauty. Human understanding is utterly helpless and turned completely upside down by the faintest perception of his omnipotence. The secret is hinted at thus. O you against whom thousands of pigeons don armlets, O dear who captures lions, how long can we escape from you? Enough, for no one has ever found himself bound to you, yet all taste sorrow and calamity on account of you. Salam. Interesting. I like the ending. The ending is the same for every religion. The ending is? Uh-huh. You seem concerned about the analysis of the Muslim stuff. <laughs> well, clearly, he's, uh, in, he's in the Islamic tradition. He wouldn't quote uh, the Quran so much. He's an Islamic saint. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're not yeah, reading. Describe God the same way, all the religions in a way. Mm. So, how but can anybody be an infidel? How could any? Are you worried about whether you're an infidel? No. <laughs> about I don't typically worry about whether. The description of God is still the same. My biggest worry is whether so I can. If you look in front of you or behind you or to the left or to the right and you have that same vision of God, you cannot be an infidel. Well, for me to be the worst person of all, I have to be both a, pol- a polytheist and an infidel of the worst type. Uh-huh. Because uh, that way I could be the best. <laughs> uh, if I'm the worst, I'm the best. Uh-huh. That's why you read all those books. That's why I read so many different books from so many different religions. So I'm trying to become the worst. Uh-huh. I'm the most polytheistic and the absolutely and the most and 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 definitely an infidel because uh, the way I read the Quran is not even very accurate. <laughs> And he laughs at the Quran. That's terrible. He's the worst. He's definitely the worst. He could be a madman, though. He could cease to be. <laughs> crazy sometimes. curious, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he promised forgiveness, so I've, I've got a guaranteed contract now for forgiveness. Maybe if I become a theist... I can believe in the one God, uh, the one God, and then I can do all kinds of different sins. Uh-huh. 
and then seek repentance. Should I do that? Believe in the one God and then sin and repent repeatedly over and over again. In some way. What should I do? Or I could do prostrations. Are you going, what type of sins are you going to What kind of sin? If I get a guarantee from a priest that I can commit sin and then get get forgiveness. <laughs> Your biggest crime would be to step on the limb. <laughs> I could use the perfection of asceticism as cash. Uh-huh. You can't sin. Uh-huh. You I can't sin. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, I could have the sin of eating certain th- eating certain things. I, I, I do it what? Can you give me a specific list of sins that I could have? Or? What can you kill? Kill? Yeah. Till I don't even kill the ants at the moment. That's what I'm talking about. How can I get you to take all the ants outside? Take the ants out. <laughs> uh, I could do prostrations with the ants. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, I prostrate with the ants. <laughs> with my forehead. The ants would be on my forehead if I prostrated over there. That's what I meant. We're bad. Well, we proved that we're the worst. Nobody should listen to that. Uh, why? We proved that we're the worst. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. We're roasting ourselves. <laughs> Our hearts have have been roasted. I'm not. We're saying that we have to roast ourselves. <laughs> You know what a roast is? Yeah, it's when you just go out in the sun and you lie down. There's a roast where you roast yourself, or you actually you roast the other Stop person. Yeah. All right, I'm stopping this because we've had enough of this unmitigated stuff. <laughs> we read letter number 98, Promises and Threats. Uh-huh. Because we wanted to know what the threats were. <laughs> hmm.